the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody, another Algatulo Craft Beer Cast, the first of 2018. It's on AM 970, The Answer. We've got a fantastic show for you tonight. A great craft beer guest that will be joining me this hour for two segments, actually. More on that in a moment. Uh, a quick little news and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? Very easy on Twitter, at Algatulo. Instagram, at Gatulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. Via email, Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, you can find all the shows on those two platforms. Now, our guest tonight on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast, Melody Crisp, the head of PR at Coronado Brewing out of San Diego. You've heard me talk about Coronado a lot on this program, and I was out in San Diego last week for vacation. Of course, one of the spots was at Coronado Brewing. Melody, gracious enough to give us a private tour, my wife and I will talk with her right from the floor of the brewery. It'll be a little noisy. It's in two parts. We'll get to the interview just about, oh, I'd say about, Six or seven minutes from now, we'll get into that interview. And then we're going to review all of the beers uh, that I drank out in San Diego. And, boy, let me tell you something. There is an extensive uh, beer selection, breweries, brew pubs that are out in San Diego. We'll get to that in just a minute. But keeping with the theme of being this a San Diego show, you don't want to miss being part of the uh, West Coast's largest beer competition and festival. Entries now open uh, through March 9th to the San Diego International Beer Competition, offering 57 classes from porters and parallels to specialty chocolate and chili beers. You'll find a perfect category to enter your prize brew into. It's open to any licensed brewery across the country, brew pub, meadery, or cidery. Entries, $50 each for up to eight entries. Um, judging happens April 13th through the 15th. Results will be announced April 27th. Uh, beer will be purchased from top-performing breweries to be served to 8,000-plus beer lovers at the San Diego International Beer Festival happening on June 15th through the 17th during the annual San Diego County Fair. You definitely want to check this out. Uh, just go over to SanDiegoBeerFestival.com for more information. Again, it's $50 per entry until March 9th, and you get a maximum of eight entries. So there you go. The folks, good folks at the San Diego International Beer Competition and the San Diego International Beer Festival. It happens uh, between June 15th and the 17th at the San Diego County Fair. Now, let me get into the beers real quick for a second before we have to take a break. Again, our Suds and Duds segment is a bit longer this week, so we're going to be doing a shortened uh, news and notes segment. I, I stayed on Coronado Island with my wife for vacation for over a week. Tremendous place. San Diego is an awesome town. But the breweries that they have there, at every brewery that you go to, they give you a map which is sponsored by the San Diego Brewers Guild. And it lists all of the breweries and brew pubs that you can go to. And they give you like a map. It's not a map, really. You can follow. You push it in your GPS, the address, and you can get there. Now, when we started our little beer journey after we were at Coronado and Stone Brewing, we started on Friday. We started all the way up in Oceanside, California, and kind of snaked our way down. And we were able to hit a number of great places. We started at Coronado on, on uh, Thursday. 
We ended up at Stone uh, Brewing and uh, Bistro and Gardens in Escondido for a great tour. And Lizzie Yorkin, thank you so much for your hospitality there. You guys were great. What a tremendous dinner my wife and I had. It was awesome. Coronado, though, they, they moved their brew pub. They used to be, um, their facilities were on Coronado Island. That's their original brew pub at 170 Orange Avenue. But they moved it uh, to a tasting room and production facility on Knoxville Street. Very easy ride to get to, about 10, 15 minutes away from where we were staying on Coronado Island. By the way, Hotel Marisol Coronado, thank you. Great job. What a great room. Quiet, super nice, beautiful, comfortable. It was awesome. Uh, can't thank you guys enough for your hospitality as well. Um, so the Coronado has three places, one in Imperial Beach, which is a pier-side restaurant. Then they have their tasting room and production facility on Knoxville Street in San Diego. And then their brew pub, which is on Coronado Island uh, on 170 Orange Avenue. Each of them are a little bit different. They don't do private tours. They don't do tours at all, actually, in any of the facilities. Um, but a little bit about Coronado that you might not know. Fifth largest brewery in San Diego out of 100-plus. Brewing capacity, they have a 30,000-square-foot production facility capable of producing 65,000 barrels a year. Uh, they have 40-valve crown cork and seal canning lines. They have a 12-valve uh, bottling line and a crown super 72-valve uh, bottling line. They have 240-barrel uh, production tanks, uh, fermenting tanks. That's four of them. 120-barrel, they have 13 of them. 990-barrel, 660-barrel, and then one bright tank. And at the Coronado Pub, uh, they have a 20-barrel system, which they use for experimental beers as well. And their brew system is a 30-barrel brew house, four-vessel system at the production facility, 10-barrel brew house, two-vessel system at their Coronado Pub. And they are in uh, more than 18 states nationwide. But, boy, I'll tell you, Coronado, great job. The map, though, amazing. So many great breweries that you can go to. Uh, so many different places. In Oceanside, Carlsbad, we were in Cardiff. Uh, by the sea at the Lost Abbey Tasting Room. We went over to San Marcos and Escondido, worked our way down to Miramar, to Alesmith, Green Flash, uh, Society Brewing, uh, great places, and then continued on into, um, where were we, Balboa, Balboa Park in the North Park by the zoo uh, to go to Modern Times. Just awesome. Great breweries out here, folks. Carl Strauss, obviously, is a big one uh, in California uh, and in San Diego. Naughty Brewing. Uh, automatic brewing. They have all these advertising. They do brewery tours that you can take. Society, though, is definitely one that you want to get to uh, in uh, off of uh, Claremont, uh, Mesa Boulevard. They give you a history of brewing in San Diego. It is beautiful. I mean, it is, I'm telling you, San Diego is an amazing place. We had just the best time at all of these different breweries, uh, especially Coronado and Stone, but Society, Bagby, Alesmith, Green Flash, I can't tell you how much beer we drank out there. Uh, little tasters and then moved on to the next one. But we just had a tremendous time. Could not thank you enough. So, yes, I ended up getting a tattoo. If you follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you will know that I, I got a tattoo with my wife at a place called Eventide Tattoo, located at 128 Aberdeen Drive, right in Cardiff-by-the-Sea in California. Uh, Dennis Hamilton was the artist uh, who did my tattoo, and it says... Uh, blank cancer. So you can figure out what it is from there. Uh, there's a ribbon in there, and it's done in purple uh, to signify Hodgkin's lymphoma. My wife got one that says uh, family written on her wrist uh, with a uh, kind of a charm bracelet with a heart and a, uh, a four-leaf clover uh, and a moon. Dennis was amazing. Thank you. And by the way, it didn't really hurt that much. So, yes, I got a tattoo. My wife got a tattoo. My first tattoo 
Uh, I like it a lot. It has personal meaning for me, obviously. So, um, you de- you know, if you haven't seen it, you'll see it all over uh, Instagram. I'll probably post it in one of the Instagram pictures uh, that I put up, uh, you know, to promote the show and stuff. But it was a lot. Uh, it, it was fun. My wife and I had a great time. The weather was perfect. We're walking around in shorts and a T-shirt. By the way, that was the other thing. You can always tell who the tourists are and who the natives were. The, to- the tourists were in T-shirt and shorts when it was 60 degrees. When it was 60 degrees, the natives were in hats, gloves, and scarves. Pretty funny considering the weather that we've been having on the East Coast as well as most of the rest of the country. When we come back after a short break, Melody Crisp from Coronado Brewing will join me live from the brewery that I taped last week. It's a two-part interview. I mind the noise. It is noisy in the first part of the interview. Folks, we're just getting started on this program that focuses on that delicious beverage made with barley and hops. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Hey, this is Michael Riedel from On the Town. My favorite American playwright is Edward Albee. He wrote Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and A Delicate Balance and a late masterpiece called Three Tall Women. And it is coming to Broadway starring Glenda Jackson. She's coming back to the theater to be in Three Tall Women with uh, Laurie Metcalf, who is just in A Doll's House Part 2. And they will be joined by Allison Pill. It's a gripping play, Three Tall Women. To get tickets, go to telecharge.com. That's telecharge.com. You don't want to miss Edward Albee's Three Tall Women. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Have you ever had a legal question pertaining to elder law or estate law and wondered to yourself, what's the best course of action to take? Every Thursday during Kevin McCullough Radio at 5 o'clock on AM 970 The Answer, you'll hear Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law answer a listener's actual question. If you have a legal question for Mike Connors, the Ask the Lawyer host, simply email the question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call the Legal Question of the Week phone line at 347-735-MIKE. That's 347-735-6453. And don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors every Saturday evening at 6 on AM 970, The Answer. Every child deserves a quality education. That's why NJEA members, teachers, and educational support professionals are proud to partner with parents to provide students with the support they need to be successful in school and in life. NJEA knows that when families and schools work together, our children are the winners. And our commitment to students is paying off. Did you know that according to some national publications, New Jersey schools lead the country in student achievement and giving children the chance to succeed? And our high school graduation rate is among the top in the nation. The College Board also reports that New Jersey students have the highest advanced placement scores in the nation. Go to NJEA.org to learn more about the great things happening in New Jersey's public schools. This message, sponsored by the New Jersey Education Association, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. It's Dennis Prager at 1, Michael Medved at 3, weekdays on AM 970. The Answer. to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, our first show for 2018. And uh, real happy that uh, you joined us tonight. It's a San Diego edition. I was out on vacation last week in San Diego. Got to experience a lot of different breweries. Uh, and can't thank all of the people enough out there. And we'll get to that a little bit later on in the program. But this is the first of a two-part interview that I did at Coronado Brewing uh, and Coronado really was the start of the craft beer cast. I don't want to get too much into it, but really, if it wasn't for Coronado Brewing, this beer cast probably wouldn't be on the air right now. And we're close to celebrating 
you know, what, two years on the air uh, with the show. So um, Coronado Brewing will always hold a special place in my heart. Got a chance to take a private tour of the facility. Coronado does not do public tours, uh, but they do have a great tasting room. And uh, Melanie Crisp, the uh, PR head of PR at uh, Coronado Brewing, uh, was gracious enough to take us around and uh, talk to us about the brewery and all the different things that are going on. This is a two-part interview. This is the first part. Mind the noise. It is very noisy. The brewers were brewing beer, uh, water going on, you know, hoses and all kinds of stuff. So uh, mind the um, uh, mind the sound in this first part of the interview. The second part's a little quieter. But let's get into the interview with uh, Melody Crisp, uh, the head of PR from Coronado Brewing. We're here on the Alvitulo Craft Beer Cast coming to you from Coronado Brewing, the brewer that really started the whole craft. Beer cast. I'm, I'm here with uh, Melody Chris. She's the uh, head PR person here for uh, Coronado Brewing, and she's giving us a little bit of a tour of the uh, tanks and the bottling operation and everything else. So, Melody, you were explaining the um, the bottling line. That's a, a new one. Um, new to us. <laughs> new, new to you guys. And you have the uh, older bottling operation. Uh, which what's the difference in capacity? Is this just a bigger a capacity? So that's line? a 72 head filler. So you can see that kind of contraption right there. Each one of those will be a bottle getting filled at the same time. So what she's describing is a uh, kind of looks like a, almost like a Death Star space station kind of <laughs> thing with lines going down, and each one of them would fill an individual bottle. Exactly. And so this line will eventually be all of our 12 ounce bottles. It'll allow us to do a little bit more capacity. Um, the bottling runs will be shorter because we can do more at once, and then. And the bottling line that we're staring at right now, we currently do 12 and 22 ounce bottles. We have to switch over a couple components and we want to change the bottle size. So once the new line is up and running, it'll allow us to use the current bottling line for 22s only. Very nice. Great. Very nice. The tap room, folks, is enormous. There's... Uh, how many beers on tap do you guys keep at any one time? About 25. 25. Yeah. Nice. We do about 12, probably quarters and seasonals, and then the rest are all small batch beers that get brewed on the island. Very cool. Now, the and you do have, there's uh, two other places outside of here where you serve beers well. You have the Coronado Brew Pub on Coronado exactly, Island. Exactly, yeah. And then where's the other location? Imperial Beach, okay. which is the most southern city in San Diego, so right next to the border. Right next to the border, yeah. so you can't get any farther than that. Very cool. The location cool. on the island was actually our original location. We yeah. opened in 96 as a brew pub, and then uh, this location opened in 2013, so it's our main production facility, so we're... Uh, we're not on the island here, but we needed a little bit more elbow room sure. to continue to grow. Absolutely. kind of where the rest of the magic happens. And for folks who don't know, Coronado Island, a beautiful resort <laughs> town. I can totally understand why you would need more space yeah. for the amount of tanks and stuff that you have here. So it's definitely, uh, definitely a good reason to be on San Diego itself and still keep the little group up <laughs> exactly. on Coronado Island. This is, this is gorgeous. So the, why don't we explain the tanks uh, so that people can understand sure. each of these tanks. Uh, do they hold a different beer in each of the tanks? They do. So we have a 30-barrel brew house. So the brew house is kind of right around the corner. That's where the beer actually gets brewed. So every day we're doing 24-hour um, shifts right now. So we're going around the clock. Wow. Um, on any given day, depending on the recipes that we're brewing, you know, we might brew four batches of Islander that day, or we might do, you know, two in the morning, and then maybe in the afternoon we switch it to a different brand. It kind of depends on demand, and the production team has kind of a crazy spreadsheet and calendar uh, to make sure they meet all the sales demands. And then from there, you know, a lot of these tanks are 240 barrel fermenters, so it, it takes a couple batches of beer to get brewed. We fill up the tank, we add the yeast, and then anywhere from seven to 21 days, depending on the style of beer we're brewing, it'll ferment. 
everything with the cone shaped bottom that you see is a fermenter. Everything with a flat bottom is going to be a conditioning tank, and that's where you know we'll carve the beer up, and then we'll send it either to the keg line or to the bottle. Line. Very nice. We're talking with Melody Crisp. She is the head PR person here at Coronado Brewing. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, we're coming to you from Coronado Brewing right here in beautiful San Diego. They're not on Coronado Island anymore, but the brew pub is still there if you want to check out some food and some small batch beers there as well that you guys keep there, right? Yeah, it's a 10 barrel system there, so we have another 25 taps there. Um, we serve all the four beers and a lot of the small batch beers you find here also available on Island. And Melody, let me ask you, you guys are now in, is it 40 states now? You're not in all 50 yet. No, no you are in all 50. actually way less, less than 40. Than so it fluctuates at any given time between 12 and 14 states. Um, so primarily, you know, California is our number one bestseller. We right. founded here in San Diego. San Diego is still kind of our, our biggest uh, market, home market. Arizona, Nevada, on the East Coast, we've got North Carolina, um, Chicago, up in the Midwest. So kind of spread out a little bit. New York, yeah. New Jersey, and Connecticut. Exactly. we got to get you guys more in New Jersey. See, I, <laughs> it's... I love the beer. It's such a good beer, and it really, to me, is perfect for New Jersey because of the short town, yeah. all kinds of stuff. So we've got to figure out a way to get you guys right, we'll more talk. beer over there. We'll have to talk about that. Absolutely. I like that. All right. So we're going to continue on the yep. tour here. So Melody is taking us right now down past the tanks where they do all the fermenting and the conditioning and bottling and stuff, and she's going to give us a little tour around the corner. There's some some barrels that I see. At the very least, there's at least 14 or 15 barrels that I can look at right now. And uh, mind the noise, because obviously they're brewing beer and they're washing things down as we move along here. Trying to get a better look at the brew house. Right. And have you home brewed at all? Do you know no, the process? I, don't, I have no patience for home brewing. I'd rather <laughs> just drink it. So. I like that. <laughs> you know your place. That's right. <laughs> so um, we're looking at the brew house right now. Like I said, this is a 30 barrel batches we brew at a time. There's Mark Beeson, our head brewer. Uh, I think you have to have facial hair to be a brewer. It's kind of one of the requirements here. It so seems to you be, would yeah. fit right in. Yep, I would. <laughs> um, brewing is awesome. I'll kind of give you the, the quick rundown on some of the, the technical stuff that make it really easy to understand. So basically, we start with a recipe. Each recipe is comprised mostly of what we call base malt. Uh, we store that outside in really large silos, and the base malt is what's going to give the beer um, a lot of the fermentable sugars. And then, depending on the recipe you're brewing, you add specialty malt, you might add roasted malt, chocolate malt. Um, you get a lot of flavor from the different kinds of hops you use when you add them in the process. If you add them at the beginning of the boil, or the end of the boil, or in the whirlpool. So it, it really is an art and a science. So they, they start with the recipe, they put the base malt in, they add the specialty malt. And then they mash it, and essentially what that means is you add hot water to that mixture of malt. And what we're trying to do is really convert the starch into sugar because we need to make sugars for the yeast to have something to eat. And when the yeast consumes the sugar, it's going to get it off to alcohol and the carbon dioxide. We kind of make this mash or this porridge. It smells really good in here. I kind of think it smells like grape nuts. Okay. It smells awesome. Um, from there, once it reaches a certain temperature, getting waved at. <laughs> Once it reaches a certain temperature, uh, we're going to sparge. So essentially, it's almost, think of it like a coffee machine. Water is going to kind of percolate and trickle down through that mash. It's going to collect all the sugars with it. There's a false bottom, so the grain bed is kind of trapped, and that sugary liquid that comes out is called wort, and that's the beginning of beer before it's fermented. 
So from there, the wort is going to go into the boiler, into the kettle, and we're going to boil the beer. That does a couple of different things. It's going to sanitize the liquid. That's when we add the hops in, and you have to have the liquid, the wort boiling, um, to extract the alpha acid from the hops, which gives the beer the bitterness. Without those acids from the hops, the beer would be very, very sweet and too cloying. Um, hops also act as a natural preservative, so that's very handy for beer. Uh, from there, we're going to run the beer or that wort through a chiller. It's going to instantly cool that beer down. We're going to pump it into a fermenter. And the reason we need to cool that beer down is so when we add the yeast, it's alive and we don't want to kill it. So it needs to be a very kind of ambient, cozy temperature for mm-hmm. the yeast to start doing its magic. Uh, the brew process, depending on what we're making, can take anywhere from five to seven hours. You pump it into the fermenter, and then depending on the type of yeast and the style of beer, if it's an ale, usually, you know, five to seven days, a lager, 21 to 30 days, depending on the style. Um, so the whole process is it's fairly quick for the brewing itself, and then you have to take into account the time it takes to ferment the beer. Right, so the longer the beer, obviously, yeah. the longer it's going to take. And the other question that I have for you, the spent grain, uh, the ingredients and stuff, do you guys donate that to, to any farms, recycling? How do yeah, you work with that? Yeah, we actually have a farmer that comes uh, several times a week, and I'll take you out back and kind of show you where those silos are for the base malt. We also have a silo that's for all the spent grain. Okay, very cool. So we're here with Melody Chris. She's giving us the, the uh, tour of Coronado Brewing, how they make the beer, uh, what goes into it. Now, these barrels here, are these for barrel aging uh, certain beers? It is, yeah. So we have what we call the Coronado Collection, and that's where we have our, our favorite barrel-aged treasures. And those are things that we lie down for several months before we release them. This is just kind of a snapshot, a few of the barrels we have. We actually have them kind of all over the building, so I'll show you next door. We have a barrel aging room. Okay. Um, but yeah, right now we are getting ready to release our next uh, barrel aged beer in February, right in time for Valentine's Day. It's our barrel aged German chocolate cake. Ooh. Yeah, so it's a Russian Imperial Stout, uh, about 9%, and then we have toasted coconut and chocolate. That's right up my wife's alley. That is perfect. She's nodding her head right now, my wife, going, when's it coming out? Yeah, so we actually released it on February 9th and just in time for Valentine's Day. That's perfect. That's perfect. All right, we're going to take a short break here, and then when we come back, we'll do a little bit more of the tour of the uh, Coronado Brewing Process with Melody Crisp. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer coming to you from Coronado Brewing in California. Make plans now to join Salem Radio Network hosts Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, and Mike Gallagher on the 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise. Sail around and explore some of the world's most beautiful islands. Then at night, gather together with Hugh, Larry, and Mike for a special time discussing a fresh course for this nation. The 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise set sail for seven days, August 11th through the 18th. For all the details, visit am970theanswer.com or call 855-655-1335. Book your trip today. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Have you ever had a legal question pertaining to elder law or estate law and wondered to yourself, what's the best course of action to take? Every Thursday during Kevin McCullough Radio at 5 o'clock on AM 970 The Answer, you'll hear Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law answer a listener's actual question. If you have a legal question for Mike Connors, the Ask the Lawyer host, simply email the question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call the Legal Question of the Week phone line at 347-735-MIKE. That's 347-735-6453. And don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors every Saturday evening at 6 on AM 970, The Answer.
Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-694-7394. 800-694-7394. That's 800-694-7394. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget, iTunes and Google Play, just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every show on those two platforms. We're on iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. So let's get into the second part of our interview with Melanie Crisp, the head of PR from Coronado Brewing. Uh, we're in a little bit of a quieter room this time, and it's a little bit colder as well. Let's listen to my interview with Melanie Crisp from Coronado Brewing, right here on AM 970, The Answer. So we're back here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, and we've moved. It's a little bit quieter now because we're in another room where it's basically their cold storage area because it's nice and chilly in here, probably about 50-something degrees to keep a lot of this beer uh, nice and chilled. Believe me, folks, when I tell you this, there are cases upon cases of beer stacked pretty much floor to ceiling that if I, I were a little bit more of a drinker, um, I might pop one of them open and just start drinking like, uh, well, but anyway, let's be responsible. Anyway, what I'm looking at right now is I'm looking at palette upon palette of the North Island IPA that Coronado was just putting out in cans. There's Islander IPA. There are barrels behind me as well. But I'm here with Melody Crisp, and she was just telling us just before we started here uh, about a new sour beer that Coronado was coming out with a collaboration. Tell us a little bit about that, Melody. Yeah, so it's going to be our first barrel-aged sour beer. We're really excited about it. It actually started over three years ago. We partnered with the Libertine Brew Pub uh, in Central California. They're known for their sour program. So we did a beer with them. And we let it age away for three years. It tastes amazing. And so we, we just packaged it about three weeks ago. And, you know, as Al was saying, it's been a little bit chilly for San Diego. Mm-hmm. So we've been babying those bottles. We actually have them in our offices next door with heaters, space heaters all around to keep it the perfect ambient, like 72 degrees. They're warm and toasty. Um, they're doing their secondary bottle conditioning right now. And nice. then we'll hopefully release them in the next three weeks or so. That sounds cool. So right, around, right about mid-January they'll be coming out. That's very yeah. cool. Now, uh, is that for a national distribution or is it just going to be local? We're probably going to release it locally because there just isn't that much. Okay. Um, it's a very, very small release. But I am excited that this will be kind of our first step into sours for barrel aging. And the plan is to continue to use those barrels and hopefully those releases will grow larger. You know, it's interesting. Sour beer seems to become a more popular flavor over the last year or two. Um, I was never a big sour beer fan, but oddly enough, after my, my chemotherapy and radiation, I actually found more of a taste for sours. Before that, I felt like it was too puckery for me. I just couldn't get past it. 
And afterwards, I guess, I don't know, maybe my taste buds changed a little bit. I found I had much more of an acceptance towards sours. It's very interesting. That is super interesting. Yeah. yeah, there's such a wide variety of sours, too. Everything from, like, a kettle sour, a goes, it might just be slightly tart, mm -hmm. all the way to, you know, lambics, goozes, Flanders reds, you know, really assertively sour, kind of on that vinegary side. Right. Um, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I can enjoy them. I just, you know, I can't have, like, a ton of them. You need, like, a bottle of Tums at the end of the night. <laughs> and, and, Melody, you started pretty much right out of college. You started working at breweries, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough. I went to San Diego State, so I was able to stay here locally in town. Found a marketing job giving tours at another brewery down the street, Carl mm -hmm. Strauss. Um, was there for almost a decade. Worked my way up. Did all different kinds of jobs in marketing. And then landed here at Coronado. So, I love the industry. Um, you know, we were chatting earlier. My favorite part is really the people. You just can't beat it. You know, the yeah. owners of the company walk by, high-five you. We, we met one of the owners <laughs> while we were in the commercial break. One of the owners came by to, you know, stop by and say hi. And actually, he remarked about my tattoo. Apparently, we are cancer survivors yeah. as well, which is great. Um, but the other thing is, your husband is also a brewer <laughs> at a competing brewery. I like that there's a little friendly competition. Friendly rivalry. Um, I think it's probably better we don't work for the same brewery. I don't know if we can handle each other that much every day. Uh, it's nice, though. I'm on, you know, the marketing side of things. He's on production. So we definitely can talk some shop. You know, I can understand his world. He can understand mine. But right. we definitely own our own spaces, which is really nice. So complimentary. And, and you were also, you did a little bit of homebrewing back in the day. Not so yeah. much anymore. But you did, so you, to learn, to homebrew to learn a little bit more about the business itself? Absolutely. If you have to market something, you should definitely know what you're marketing inside mm -hmm. and out. And for me, you know, that really sparked a passion, understanding the process, um, the science, and the craft of brewing. And it's fun to create your own recipes, brew it at home. It might not come out right the first time, but you brew it again. Right. Um, it's a little bit harder now that the husband does it for work to convince him to try to do it on the weekend. Right, right. So I haven't done this much, but We've got a great, thriving homebrew scene here in San Diego. Quaff uh, is one of the largest homebrew clubs in the country, so it's part of Quaff for a very long time. Great group of people. And a lot of those guys have gone on to open their own breweries, so it's, it's a pretty cool, fertile kind of testing ground. That is one thing about San Diego, folks. There are breweries literally around every corner <laughs> that people are just cranking out some really delicious, fresh, local beers using local ingredients and you know they're talking that it was a little chilly out here i'm in shorts and a t-shirt it's 70 <laughs> degrees on. and and melody has a beanie on because it's a little too cold out here so you definitely know the people who are natives here when they're wearing gloves and and uh, and uh, hats and those who are walking around in shorts and t-shirts so melody tell us a little bit more of what, what's the next place we're going to head over to or is there um, i know the barrels are everywhere so we're actually in one of our storage areas and this is kind of the small storage area we mm. have an off-site facility about a quarter mile down the road and it's probably five times as big as this, filled with beer as well. So this is just kind of what we need to get through the orders for the next week or so. Gotcha. Um, but let me take you to the cold box. Sure. It's pretty cool. So we're heading... And figuratively. <laughs> we're walking over into this big, big cold box that, that stores lots of beers here. So we're talking with Melanie Crisp. and the hops that we use. Mm. Oh, boy. It's like an unveiling. I feel like it's the Academy Awards. Wow. It is cold in here. So... Hops are stored in here yep, as well? Yeah, so we want to keep the hops cold. It uh, improves the shelf life of them, so you can kind of see they're all organized. We've got hops from all over the world, Pacific Northwest, Australia, New Zealand, uh, continental Europe. Depending on the recipe and what flavor profile we're going for, we're going to use a different assortment of hops. Very cool. Now, uh, who's Mario? We've got two cakes here that are from Mario. <laughs> I want to know what Mario's drinking. That's good stuff, he's Mario. He's working the holiday bowl today, so those ah. are the kegs that he's taking. We are uh, the beer sponsor for the holiday bowl. Very cool, very yeah. cool. Now, 
One of the kegs that I saw there was Monkey Paw. You guys recently acquired Monkey Paw, we one of the did. breweries in San Diego, correct? Exactly. So right now, um, we recently acquired Monkey Paw. The guys are actually brewing on the system right now, so you can see them they're waving at us. They're That's super right. excited to be going from their, I think, 10-barrel system up to the 30-barrel, so doing some recipe testing right now. And then we also launched uh, South Norte Beer Co. Yes. Uh, earlier in the year saw as well. That. So now we kind of have three different breweries Together, uh, what are, what are the differences between the, between the breweries? I know Monkey's Paw has a, a very, very good IPA. Was that, that's part of, part of the reason why, I guess, obviously they wanted to step up to a bigger system, but yeah. also one of the reasons why you acquired them. What is, uh, what is South Norte? I don't know too much about them. What's yeah, so South Norte Beer Co. was really inspired by the crossroads of cultures. You know, being here in San Diego and our proximity to the border in Tijuana, um, there's so much of our life that is intermingled with Mexico. You see it in the culture, the food, the music. Um, and South Norte is really kind of capturing that spirit. So Ryan Brooks was the former brewmaster of Coronado, and he started brewing Mexican-inspired beers. He actually lived down in Tijuana for a while. He met his wife down there. So he spent a lot of time judging homebrew contests in Mexico. Um, he helped a lot of breweries get their start in TJ, which was really cool. Right. So this concept really kind of started from from his love for what's happening in the Mexico beer scene. And it just made more sense to do a completely different venture rather than try to put those beers into the Coronado lineup. So Ryan became the brewmaster for South Norte Beer Co. We launched in September. He won an award at the Great American Beer Festival right out of the gates in October. Awesome. So it's been off to a great start. And the beers he's doing are great. Mexican lager is kind of the, the flagship, which is Si Senor. Mm -hmm. We also have No Way IPA, which is a mango IPA with tahine, um, which is a Mexican spice blend. Okay. So. Very, very influenced by what's happening kind of in this mashup of San Diego and Tijuana. Cool. And is um, South Norte going to be more of a local beer for now and then the eventual plans to spread it out nationally? Exactly. So right now it's San Diego only. We really want to kind of start small and build organically. And then it'll probably start to spread the southwest and then eventually hopefully the east coast. Nice. Now, Melanie, I know that there are so many. You guys are such a, a huge brewery, even though you're not in all 50 states. You're in a majority of the big states. Um, and we're seeing so much attrition, or not, not so much attrition, but acquisition from uh, AB InBev, all these other places that are acquiring these really, really very good craft breweries, the big ones, and you guys are right on, on that line. Um, you love what you guys are doing. There's no talk of moving to a, to a bigger you know, facility or a bigger place or getting acquired by a bigger company. You're here for the long haul to be in San Diego and to be San Diego's beer, right? Yeah, you know, we've been around since 1996, so coming up in 2018, we're celebrating 22 years of, you know, brewing local independent beer, right. so we're very proud of that. Um, who knows what the future holds? There are no plans. We right. definitely have room to grow here in this current facility, mm -hmm. and that's also part of the acquisition plans with Monkey Paw and bringing on South Norte. gives us the opportunity to use some of that space. Um, that being said, there's still a lot of leg room for Coronado, so that's what excites me about my job. And there are still people who haven't had Coronado, um, so my job is to get the beer in their hands, and hopefully they're excited about that's that. That's the best part, and I <laughs> want to get more of Coronado beer into New Jersey because, yeah. folks, let me tell you something. If you're an IPA fan, if you're into the stouts, if you're into different types of beers, Coronado does all of it. Their IPAs, the Islander IPA is fantastic. Their double IPAs are really good. The Orange Wit, if you were looking for a change of pace, is mm -hmm. excellent. Um, any talk, I know there's some Pilsners and stuff on tap, but I know that um, the other trend that a lot of people were getting into, at least this summer that I noticed, um, 
lighter beers, yes, more sessionable beers, stuff that has lower ABV so that you can drink a few more of them um, and not have to worry about the alcohol content. Is that something uh, of a plan moving forward for Coronado? Yeah, we've definitely seen that trend increasing over the past couple years. People have really swung back from huge, you know, double IPAs, imperial stouts to more sessionable lagers. We've seen that here in San Diego big time. Uh, a brand for us that's really taken off is Seacoast Pilsner. And what's great about that beer is it's got a little bit of hoppiness to it, so more in line with the German Pilsner. Mm -hmm. And we truly lager it. Lagers for over 21 days. It's delicious. It's crisp, refreshing. Keep that in your fridge. It's going to last for months. Um, it's kind of the go-to here around the brewery in the summer. That's what everyone is crushing. Right. We also do a great session IPA. Uh, we partner with Surfrider Foundation. Love to do that one. Coastwise yep. session IPA. Excellent. So what's awesome about that is you give back to a great cause. We support our local beaches, and it's also another beer that you can crush. I mean, at five percent, you get all the hoppy flavor. I'm a hop head, so for me, that's my go-to. I love it, but right. you can have a few of them. <laughs> that's excellent. We're talking with Melody Crisp here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer coming to you from the Cold Room at Coronado Brewing. Uh, when we come back after this and melanie thank you so much for giving yeah. us the tour and the beers and <laughs> and all of this great stuff when we come back we'll do a little suds and duds some of the beers that i've drank out here uh, in san diego over the past week and some other stuff from uh, you know weeks before and then next week we've got some other stuff too we'll get into that after the break coming up on the algatulo craft beer cast on am 970 the answer Hugh Hewitt knows what a real hero looks like. The chest pounding of Democrats, the chest pounding of Republicans, it's just so silly compared to the real deal. Real heroes are like those who ride in horseback to the aid of our Northern Alliance allies or those who march in the streets of Iran. Real men and women of character, they're the real heroes. Let's keep our spectrum of real courage correct. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 3, right before Joe Piscopo at 6 on AM 970. The Answer. Make plans now to join Salem Radio Network hosts Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, and Mike Gallagher on the 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise. Sail around and explore some of the world's most beautiful islands. Then at night, gather together with Hugh, Larry, and Mike for a special time discussing a fresh course for this nation. The 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise set sail for seven days, August 11th through the 18th. For all the details, visit am970theanswer.com or call 855-655-1335. Book your trip today. Get on the road, come over, gonna be good times, good times for everyone. All right, final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast uh, for this first show of 2018. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Alcatulo, Instagram at Catulo, that's G A T T U L L O, Facebook.com slash A G Craft Beer Cast, of course, via email at Albert G and NYC Radio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play, just do a search for A G Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every show there. We're on iTunes. We're all over the place. So you definitely check us out. And, you know, so thankful for all of you listeners uh, who download the show. So Suds and Duds, our final segment of the show. And uh, a little polka music because it was going to be good times. And it was good times in San Diego. And there was a lot of good beer to drink. Um, but before I get into that, I would be remiss if I did not thank Melody Crisp, uh, from Coronado Brewing. What a great uh, two segments that was. Thank you so much uh, for giving us the tour of the facility, my wife and I, uh, the beer, the swag, all the great stuff. I mean, we just had a blast over there. You definitely want to check them out. Uh, you know, it's it's just, 
it's a fun place. It's a really fun place to go, grab a couple of beers, have something to drink, hang out with your friends. Uh, they have a great tasting room. They have food trucks there as well. Um, you know, good stuff uh, at Coronado Brewing. And what's very cool, they have three different locations. So we were at the tasting room and production facility. That's at 1205 Knoxville Street in San Diego. Their original brew pub is on Coronado Island at 170 Orange Avenue. And then they have a pierside restaurant uh, over on Imperial Beach at 875 Seacoast Drive. Uh, lots of cool stuff. And as we talked about uh, earlier in the show, we give you some production highlights of Coronado Brewing and uh, a bunch of the different beers uh, as well that I drank. And I would also be remiss... If I did not thank Lizzie Yorkin from Stone Brewing and her staff there uh, with the tour that we took and the dinner that we had in the bistro uh, gardens up in Escondido. Uh, Wow. Uh, Just a tremendous job. If you're in California, if you're in San Diego, go check out the gardens. You will not uh, be disappointed. It is phenomenal. So let's get in to a bunch of the beers that I've had uh, in San Diego. Um, I won't get into stuff that I had... um, before that, we'll you know before I left for vacation because it was a bunch of Coronado beers. Coast wise, great session IPA. Uh, had the Guava Islander IPA, nice fruity, tasty, felt like a summer beer. Just running down some of these uh, real quick. Um, had a focal banger by the Alchemist. Uh, if you're going to tap a beer from a tree like sap from a maple tree, this is what it would taste like. Super piney, great hop. Loved it a lot. Uh, thanks, Alex Nowak, for uh, for picking up a can of focal banger for me, and uh, it was delicious. Uh, had uh, bittersweet nitro by Left Hand Brewing before I left on vacation. Uh, love the bitter chocolate taste in this one. Very smooth going down, delicious. And it went great with some cheddar cheese as well. So uh, definitely want to check that out. Blue Point has a new uh, beer out, 1902 Pre-Prohibition Lager. Uh, it's a stepped-up Pilsner. To me, got some lemon flavor out of it. Not bad. It was a good beer to start off the night and then move into some of the heavier stuff. And then I finished off uh, the night before I left for uh, San Diego with a Conquista uh, by Coronado. Uh, and uh, that was a collab between Coronado and Cigar City. Nice bitterness, uh, tropical, excellent beer. All right, so let's get into the beers that I had on the way to San Diego. So on the plane, United Airlines does a great job with their craft beer selections now. Had a New Belgium uh, Ranger by New Belgium Brewing. Good beer choice, uh, tasty, uh, nice IPA, different uh, change of pace there. When we got to um, San Diego, uh, stopped at a place called Hodad's downtown. Hodad's is a place, if you're familiar with uh, Guy Fieri's um, uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, great burger joint, fries, kind of an eclectic place, stickers all over, uh, really cool. Uh, had a 805 Blonde by Firestone Walker, a nice light Blondale, uh, had a long walk through the San Diego Zoo. This was the perfect beer uh, after a long walk through the uh, through the zoo to kind of refresh you. And let me tell you something, the Hodad's burger, best burger I've ever eaten uh, in California. It was tremendous, better than In-N-Out. I mean... Huge one uh, single patty. It was just stacked with bacon and cheese and uh, all kinds of good stuff. It was delicious, fresh. Definitely check out Hodad's downtown uh, if you get a chance. Um, then a day later, we were out at a place called uh, Hago's Organic Taco, another uh, diners, drive-ins, and dive place. Small place, only open from 11 to 3, um, in, uh, just outside of Oceanside, California. And uh, had uh, their lunch special, which was three small tacos. Uh, no, actually, no, it was fish tacos, fresh fish tacos. That's what we had. And um, the cool thing about this place is 95% of the um, ingredients and stuff that the uh, place uses, organic, all local, sustainable. Uh, so we had uh, fish tacos, sea bass fish tacos, 
Um, and I had they sell organic beer there as well. So I had an organic India Pale Ale by Eel River Brewing uh, with the tacos. Slight bitter bite, nothing special. Uh, definitely went well with the tacos. And then as we moved on uh, later in the day, this is where I ended up getting my uh, tattoo, folks, because uh, we went to um, this place called uh, the Lost Abbey. It was a tasting room. Uh, that the Lost Abbey has. It was one of the breweries that I definitely wanted to check out while I was out in San Diego. And um, started off there with the Tropical and Juicy. Now, this tasting room was in Cardiff by the Sea, a little shopping mall, and uh, they had a couple little joints there, a pizza place, some other stuff. that claimed they had New York pizza. The pizza was okay. Um, So uh, they had this little tasting room in Cardiff by the Sea. Uh, Started off with the Tropical and Juicy by the Hop Concept. Nice tropical brew, good bite, great hop. Uh, moved on to a farmhouse lager by the Lost Abbey. Uh, and the place, this was cool. They called it The Confessional, which I liked. I ended up buying a T-shirt there because on the back of the shirt it said uh, The Confessional. And their glasses all said For Sinners and Saints Alike, which was uh, right up my alley. Had uh, uh, So the farmhouse lager, nice bready lager. Um, this is kind of a lawnmower type of beer. Uh, good to have while you're doing lawn work. Uh, I don't know if I would load up on too much of this because of the breadiness, but definitely a good lager by the Lost Abbey. Had a, um, a Judgment Day, uh, which was a fantastic quad. Loved the flavors. Great sweetness from the raisins that they added in. And I thought I tasted a little caramel on that one, too. Very strong. Uh, very strong on that one from the uh, Lost Abbey, the Judgment Day. As we continue on in our Suds and Duds segment here, San Diego beers we're spotlighting here. Uh, my trip from uh, out, out in San Diego last week with my wife, a little vacation, here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Had a Santa's Little Helper by Port Brewing. Now, Port Brewing and Lost Abbey are uh, owned by the same uh, uh, same people. So um, this is one you would definitely let warm up. Chocolate, coffee flavors, real nice, good for the winter, by the fire. Uh, definitely one you want to check out. And then I had the Dead Man's Game by the Lost Abbey. This was a full, not a full pour, a half pour. And that was the other thing that struck me about the beer out in uh, California. Prices are very inexpensive for tasters and things of that nature. I don't know, maybe I get uh, jaded because of Jersey prices, but $5 for a taster of this beer. It was a half pour. Rum and bourbon barrel aged. It shined right throughout the beer. The warmer, the better. You let it warm up more, and you the, really the flavors all come out. And at 14%, as I noted on Untapped, it will knock you on your keister. It was strong. And then after that... Kind of sobered up a little bit while my wife was getting her tattoo and ended up getting my tattoo as well. If you follow me on Instagram uh, or Twitter, you've seen the pictures of it. Uh, basically, it's uh, uh, a big you-know-what to uh, cancer. So there you go. Uh, then we moved on to Coronado Brewing, as I spoke about. We were at their tasting room uh, over on Knoxville Street, 1205 Knoxville Street. Uh, their tasting room and production facility started off with an oat loads while we were doing the tour. Uh, really like this one. It was a great hop for a pale ale. Delicious. Uh, not super strong. Definitely uh, a crushable beer that you could drink over and over again. So good stuff uh, on the uh, on the first beer that I had at Coronado. And then we moved on to a whole bunch of different IPAs. The Pineapple Upside Down Shake uh, could crush this one all day and all night. The pineapple is just right. Not overpowering. Not super sweet. Just had that right kind of uh, you know bitterness to it. The pineapple adding to the bitterness. Uh, an excellent beer. Then I had uh, an Idiot IPA, which hard to believe I've never had the Idiot IPA. Um, very good IPA, a solid brew to drink. Uh, then had the Stingray IPA, which was uh, a little tweak to the formula on this one, uh, on the Stingray. Always good. This one might be a little bit better the way they've tweaked the recipe on this. Um, then I had the uh, Coconut IPA, 
Subtle coconut flavor. Easy drinking. Again, I, I think we're starting to see this trend of more uh, sessionable beers, easy drinking beers, so that you don't you have one or two, you feel full. No, you can have a couple and not feel uh, not feel as full. And again, of course, drink responsibly. Uh, then I had uh, three right turns, uh, but the sign on the um, board said three left turns. So I was either confused or I don't know what else was going on. Uh, not bad. Uh, a decent uh, a decent IPA. That one was a collaboration uh, between them and uh, Monkey Paw, uh, which uh, Coronado has just recently acquired. Good stuff uh, from them. Great tour at Coronado. Then my wife and I moved on. This was Thursday. So then my wife and I moved up to Stone Brewing uh, for a tour and uh, a dinner there. Uh, we started out with the uh, spiced unicorn milk. Nice flavor. A lot of cinnamon flavor in this one. Coffee, little spice. Delicious. Definitely a beer for the winter. Uh, but really got that that spice, which I normally feel like is overpowering in a lot of beers, um, was not. Uh, the cinnamon flavor really edged out uh, the rest of the spices with that little bit of coffee flavor. Then I had a uh, hop squander, which is actually at their Liberty Station location, but they also have it at the uh, World Bistro and Gardens up in Escondido. Uh, great piney flavor, lots of bitterness. Uh, great way to start off the uh, walking tour at Stone. And then they give you four samples when you come out. After you pay the five bucks for the tour, you get four samples. So you get their first, their Stone Go-To IPA, delicious, fresh, excellent. Then they give you the Stone Ripper, very good beer. A um, little tangerine in there with the Stone Ripper, a little bit, just a little bit. Then I had the Stone Exalted IPA, uh, smooth, uh, real nice, not as piney or hoppy as I would have I thought. Uh, could definitely crush a few of those. And then they finish you off with, if I'm not mistaken, it is the Arrogant Bastard one, and I'm trying to find it right now on the list here. They give you their, uh, let's see, yeah, the Arrogant Bastard Ale. That was the final taster of the tour. Uh, Solid, strong, hoppy, uh, definitely something that you want to check out. Uh, Then we moved on, let's see, then let's see, we got to Friday, and we moved on to a place that a lot of people told me about, Bagby Beer. Bagby Beer in Oceanside, California, uh, it's a little brewery, brew pub, restaurant. Uh, so we started off with the Sweet Ride, which was part of their lunch special. Three tacos and a beer for 13 bucks. Nice, refreshing Pilsner. Uh, helps with the spice from the salsa on the tacos. The salsa was very, very spicy, and it was their, their medium uh, flavor. So I can only imagine what the hot was. Really good, nice, refreshing Pilsner. Then I had an Alt in the Family. Uh, great flavor, nice caramel taste, malty. Uh, real good from Bagby. And then we got a, a, a taster set. Uh, and I had the uh, the Dinkus, a great hop flavor, solid IPA, pine flavors too. I didn't get a lot of the grapefruit in there. They said there was grapefruit, didn't really get it. Uh, lots of malt. Um, had a herd of turtles. This was really good. Lots of dark fruit taste, smooth, excellent. As we continue on here on an extended uh, Suds and Duds segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, my wife had a Like It A Latte, which I tried a sip of. Um, best of the bunch for me. Lots of coffee flavor, caramel, real smooth going down, and then finished it off with a Murphy's Lager. Uh, all the way on the, it, it was um, a nice, bready type of beer. Uh, definitely, if you like lagers, uh, you will like this one. Great job from the folks from Bagby Beer. They are making killer beer, very, very small microbrewery, cool, hip place. Go up on the roof, you can see the ocean. It was awesome. Definitely check it out. They're out of Oceanside, uh, California. Then we started winding our way down, went to Green Flash Brewing, uh, had a Remix IPA, awesome pine flavor, uh, real good. That was delicious. Uh, Then, let's see, had the Nelson, which was by Alpine Beer, Alpine and Green Flash 
are owned by the same company. Big burst of mango and pineapple, very juicy, delicious, definitely one I would love to drink more of. Uh, the one beer that I really didn't like, Pacific Myth. Um, too dry for me. A very, very dry pale ale. I uh, didn't like it at all. In fact, I couldn't finish it. Uh, and then had a Tangerine Soul Style IPA uh, by Green Flash. Uh, one of the better Tangerine beers uh, that I've had. Clean, tasty, uh, real good. And then we moved on to Alesmith. Fantastic place. Had uh, two beers there. Sublime Mexican Lager. Uh, that one uh, was a collaboration with them and the band Sublime. Uh, good lager, bready. Lots of more flavor in it. Um, to me, it was a palate cleanser. And then had the Hawaiian Speedway Stout. Really fantastic beer. One of the best stouts that I had out there. Lots of coffee and vanilla flavor. The hint of coconut. It was fantastic. Alesmith knocks it out of the park, folks, with their stouts. If you get a chance to pick up their Speedway Stout, which is available in big bottles uh, all over the tri-state area, you definitely want to check them out. Alesmith does a fantastic job uh, with their stouts. We moved on to Society Brewing, another underrated microbrewery in Southern California. Uh, This was another one. Taryn Nuren had mentioned this one uh, to me, who writes for Forbes, a couple of other people, too. Um, Had the pupil... Piney, hoppy, grassy, surprisingly smooth going down. I can see why this place is a hidden gem. It was delicious. I, I must have sucked that little taster down in about 10 seconds because it was so good. And then had an apprentice, uh, piney, grapefruit, perfect. It is definitely what a West Coast IPA should be. Um, some people make a West Coast IPA and pass it off as a West Coast IPA. The S- society does it the best. This was phenomenal. And then had a, uh, a little taste of the butcher. Uh, which is um, uh, a big, boozy, smooth beer, uh, more along the lines of a uh, stout porter type. Uh, we finished off the tour by heading down to Modern Times Beer, had a ghost train uh, at the Flavor Dome at Modern Times. Modern Times is just crushing it with their IPAs. Dank, juicy, delicious. This was awesome. Uh, and then what else did we have? Oh, and then here's another cool thing. Bottlecraft Beer Shop. If you haven't been to these places, awesome uh, the Bottlecraft Beer Shop that we went to was in uh, the Liberty Gardens, um, which is uh, a former naval base. They had the uh, Forged Series Imperial Coffee Stout, which was aged in coconut rum barrels by Mason Ale Works. Burst of coconut, then rum, then smooth down the throat. Outstanding. Another fantastic stout out there. And then, uh, let's see, what did we finish it off with? We finished it off with um, dinner. This was on Saturday. We finished it off with dinner. Uh, and Nicky Rotten's Bar and Burger Joint on Coronado Island had an orderville by Modern Times. Sticky, dank, delicious. Modern Times, again, just crushing it uh, with IPAs. So lots of IPAs, lots of stouts while I was out there. And the beer scene out in San Diego is unbelievable. The map that they give you, uh, a craft beer mapping guide that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, offered by the San Diego Brewers Guild, is awesome. Tells you where all the breweries and brew pubs are in and around San Diego. It is fantastic and folks we are out of time thanks for having the patience with me here running through all of these beers in southern california what a great trip and vacation that i had last week with my wife my thanks to darren yellen jerry crowley phil boyce melanie crisp from coronado brewing of course lizzie yorkin from stone brewing and last but not least the great buddy watson and buddy i got a gift i got to send you putting it in the mail very soon i'll be back monday on the joe piscopo show at 6 a.m this has been the al gatulo craft beer cast on am 970 the answer cheers everybody 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.